Welcome back to Conversations with Cohen. As a real estate advisor to law firms, I found my clients who are mainly managing partners and COOs sharing with me the issues they faced running their organizations. So I created this podcast to help my clients by interviewing subject matter experts on the topics that matter most right now to them. One of those topics include improving operating efficiency, reducing associate burnout, and how mentoring can be done in a hybrid work environment. So with that, I'd like to introduce you to Abde Shayeste, the CEO of Alta Claro. As we like to do at the beginning of every episode, Abdi, we'd love for you to introduce yourself. Good morning, Greg. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm Abdi Shayeste, CEO and founder of Alta Claro, and uh, I practiced uh, corporate and banking law for over 15 years. I worked in a variety of settings. I was at King & Spalding here in New York as a transactional lawyer. I uh, was also a lawyer at the Federal Reserve in New York, and then I also went in-house as general counsel for Global Bank, MUFG Bank of Tokyo. And I'm also the founder of Alta Clara, which we'll talk about uh, in a few minutes about uh, the journey, the pain that uh, I went after to solve. Yeah, I'd, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear it. So there you were, you're, you're in big law, you're corporate America, and, and what happens? You identify, you identify a problem? <laughs> I think I think you set the setting uh, perfectly. Yes, there I was in big law, middle of Manhattan. I thought I had arrived and uh, graduated from law school and realized, geez, I do not know anything, right? Uh, I spent over $100,000 on my legal education and the stuff about uh, contract review, due diligence, you know, you know, managing a deal and start to finish, all this stuff, they didn't teach you in law school, right? So they taught you how to think like a lawyer, but this actual stuff you're supposed to learn on the job. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, we had uh, well-intentioned uh, mentors uh, inside the firm, but they were all busy, right? They, they naturally were billing, they were trying to bring in business, they were managing a global practice, um, to be able to sit down and walk me through how this contract works or how this negotiation should play out or how I should do this and that, it took up a lot of uh, time you know, for them to do that. I, I got lucky that I found some mentors, but that's when I realized that why should luck you know, be the basis of your success, especially after investing so much in, in, your, in your career? Mm. Um, and there were others that did not get so lucky inside the firm. Um, you know, some folks were getting, you know, uh, deals after deals, which is great, but a lot of folks just because uh, just just by nature of unfortunate, uh, sometimes unconscious bias or sometimes just, just natural reflexes, um, they wouldn't get the same exposure. So I really started to wonder, gosh, wouldn't it be great if you had this place where you can go and you can learn through um, a mock setting, a mock transaction, get feedback on, on, your, on your simulated work product, even have like a professional coach. Um, kind of like, you know, if you're in college, you have a tutor that helps you out. Why not have one in your professional career? But at any rate, this was just a fantasy. I, I went on, uh, had a great legal career, moved through the ranks and became a senior lawyer. And then again, came time for me to train young lawyers. And boy, I saw how challenging that was because you can't do this just by, you I mean, imagine trying to teach someone how to swim by showing them PowerPoint slides or trying to lecture, right? And say, you know, when you're in the water, do this. It's not gonna work. You gotta put them either in the water, right? 
um, or you know, at least in the shallow end, right? And, and uh, teach us some techniques and make them, you know, uh, try it out before going out into the deep end. And so that's what I was doing. I was taking old deal documents, taking away client names and creating fact patterns and running young lawyers through it, and it worked. And then I realized, geez, I just spent uh, all my billable time this week on training. <laughs> and that's a lot of money on the table. It's $1,000 an hour that I was billing that I was foregoing to put together meaningful programs. And even if I did it in New York, I realized, geez, my colleague in Texas didn't have the time that I did. And so now we have this disparity across the firm. And that's when I really started to look at this problem, Greg. And I thought, I thought, geez, we ought, to, we ought to find a way to solve this problem, Not just, just certainly for the young lawyer, but also for the firm as they're trying to recruit, train, and retain their talent. And that's, that was the impetus behind Altaclero. So, so there you are, you're, you're in this seat and you're thinking, okay, I've got this idea. You're probably at that point thinking, um, well, let me talk to some other folks about it who are in the industry. Um, what, was the, what was the initial feedback of like, hey guys, I, you know, hey, hey Sally, hey John, I got this idea. Um, what do you think? What, what was it from your peers? What, what did they think? Yeah, so good, great question because there, there were two points of inquiries that I started to make. One was looking at what the market was doing in other verticals, right? And there was this massive digital transformation taking shape in the education space in other verticals. There were platforms online where people were going and they were getting certified, they were getting upskilled, they were enhancing their career. And I thought, geez, none of this exists in the legal sector. I mean, what existed were these brick and mortar, old school, um, you know, conference halls where you go and you sit and you listen to someone speak for hours and, <laughs> right? And, uh, and if, if there's anything online, that, 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 uh, but the, the, what, <laughs> what they did was they filmed that session. Now you didn't have to go to it. They, <laughs> they just posted that video with terrible audio. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't engaging. It wasn't dynamic. It wasn't interactive. And it didn't take you, you know, in a simulated deal or environment. So anyway, I saw that these things were happening elsewhere, so I knew that it was possible to leverage technology to find best ways in education science to do this. But you're absolutely right, I needed to talk to folks. And so I, um, I talked to 100 people, senior lawyers, junior lawyers, partners, firm administrators, uh, professional development folks, and just one by one, first of all, just validated the pain, uh, and then you know, tried to get feedback on how I was going to solve this issue, right? And then try to identify what the obstacles were in their mind, right? Um, you know, uh, while, you know, firms are like, well, you know, how are we going to treat it, teach them my way? Well, listen, you know, if, if, if you're trying to learn how to swim and you're a beginner, you're going to get, you're going to have Michael Phelps teach you the beginner stuff? No, there's certain beginner stuff that no matter where you are, it's bread and butter, right? what a rep is, what a warranty is, how operating provisions work. Let's just, let's just talk about that layer first. So you, so we started to overcome those misperceptions in those conversations. They're like, oh yeah, you're right. I guess, you know, uh, you get to Michael Phelps later after you've learned the, the fundamentals. Okay, and and I want to hit pause for a second yeah. because um, if there's somebody who's listening now, I want to fast forward for a moment and say of the fill in the blank of the AMLAW 200 uh, firms right now, how many are clients? Yeah, we have 40 firms in the AMLA 200. Okay, so so stay with stay with us here because um, from early from from an early idea to where we are now is uh, 
to me, that 40 of those 200 offers credibility that, that, that there has been adoption of this. So I just wanted to say that instead of for someone who's listening to say, well, this, this sounds like a great idea, but it doesn't work for me. Uh, it's working for a lot of, it's working for a lot of firms right now. So sorry, I just wanted to, to interject. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate that. You're absolutely right. There, there, are, there are firms that have that are now our our clients, and they've been our clients for over a year. That are in the Amlaw 25, Amlaw 50, and these are firms where people initially said, "No, there's no way that this sounds fine," but it may not be relevant for them. But it, but it turned out that it is because the way we do it, um, in not only is it effective, but it's efficient. Um, so yeah, I talked to a lot of people to get the feedback, and but then it was about creating the product and getting feedback from people using it. So there's a, there's a lot of talk you can have, but but once you start to get the product in the hands of folks, that's when you get real feedback on this stuff. So um, so who is your so who is your target audience? And and when when you say uh, getting it into the hands of the people, so who who are the people who use your product? Yeah, our our users are the associates, but the you know the purchasers right now of our programs are the firms, and uh, uh, and right now we currently have courses in in corporate uh, capital markets and uh, mergers and acquisitions, but we're also uh, launching some courses uh, this year in real estate transactions, technology transactions, startup law transactions, uh, e-discovery, um, and in every course there's there's a mock deal, a mock assignment that you normally would see land on your desk for your first few years. And you go through it, you work on it, you get your hands dirty, you get feedback on it. And so, yeah, those users, those actual students, if you may, are associates in the uh, currently those in the years one through four category. Um, that's our focus right now. Uh, eventually, we'll, we'll get into years one through 10. Uh, but those years one, one through four are new newbies, fresh out of law school, uh, just landed. Uh, then there are those who've been there for a couple of years, but they haven't got a spectrum of experience. They need gap fillers or they need experience in a couple of other things in order to really advance in their competency trajectory. Uh, then there's laterals, folks who used to be litigators and, and you know, they, they, they thought that's it. I, I, I can't, I have been in for four years. I'd like to be a deal lawyer. Is it too late? No, there are firms who put them in our program to get their hands dirty and learning this stuff. And look, I think a big win for us are diverse attorneys. These are women, these are people of color, these are people that traditionally have left the firm and the, one of the number one reasons they have left is because they weren't getting enough training. And why is that, right? Um, it's because the way you learn this stuff is getting thrown into matters. And so unconscious bias was causing this, you know, bringing the same people on the same deals. And a lot of people were getting left out and then when they were given the opportunity, they didn't have the confidence to actually raise their hand and do it. So our programs give diverse attorneys a leg up to raise their hand because we put them through mock scenarios and mock deals and give them feedback. Now they have the confidence to say, I can do this, or I know that I, you know, I know what an asset purchase agreement looks like. So anyway, we're helping them. Um, and if you really look at just the overall, the new generation of lawyers, they're expecting you know, they're expecting these things. They're expecting to get trained inside these firms. Otherwise, they're leaving. Um, and they have a lot of demands because they're used to training in certain ways. And so firms are recognizing that they got to make their associates happy. And the number one reason associates leave after four years um, is, is because they didn't get enough training. Yeah. So um, they have these training, there are training programs in law firms. So does, yeah. this, does this supplement or complement uh, those programs? 
this augments. Yeah, yeah, our job is not to replace internal training. Our goal is to help augment internal training. And and the way uh, we see it is that when it comes to the fundamentals of these things, that's where we come in and do it, right? And so then that leaves space for any internal training to be on the more advanced stuff, on the more nuanced stuff, right? That's that's where uh, you could even train on the job. I mean, at 11 o'clock at night, you don't want to be explaining what a rep is or a warranty is or, or how a confidentiality provision works. You know, we do that. And then so now 11 o'clock at night, if you have to explain something, you don't have to start from ground zero, right? And that's why these firms are appreciating what we're doing. We're leveling out the playing field. We'll, we're increasing the playing field as well so that whenever there is on-the-job teaching or internal training, you know, they, they, they now, you know, have to spend less time on it, right? Um, and, and they have to, the other thing is, associates spin their wheels, right? If, if the first time you've seen an NDA, you may spend 10 hours on it, not knowing heads or tails. Uh, we help bring that down to about three hours, right? Because now they've done an NDA, they've marked it up on a client scenario, got feedback on it. They know heads or tails of what this document is. They're also, they're also able to ask the right questions when they're given the assignment. So there's a lot less time spent and wasted, right? Otherwise you have to write that time off, right? I, I write all this time off and correct the mistakes, mentor the young lawyer, and all that adds up, right? And so we're, we're bringing these efficiencies into these firms. Um, which is helping them a lot. It really, if I have to simplify it, it, it adds more billable hours. The opportunity for more, for either A, more billable hours, yeah. or, or two, um, a, a greater work-life balance. That's right. I, and then you hit it on the head. First of all, your billable hours are gonna be more, they're gonna be, they're gonna stick, you know, yes, you're gonna become more efficient, but your billable hours are not gonna be written off, right? When, when the client looks at that bill or the partner has to evaluate the bill. And then you're right, there's there's a better work-life balance because one of the number one reasons, you know, attorneys burn out is because they're, they're spinning their wheels and they're stressed. And so we help bring the fear level down because the confidence level goes up and they're spending less time spinning their wheels so that we actually do help with this wellness element of your associates as well too. Yeah. So can you can you give us a, a real world um, example of, of how this was uh, this was implemented um, so that we can sort of see it from beginning to uh, to end, and I, and it's not at the end, but from the beginning to where it is now in in an organization in a law firm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's there's several you know, uh, you know there's there's we're creating these success stories all the time. Uh, but yeah, there there are firms that started out with us and. Um, you know, they started perhaps with a pilot, you know, a small pilot in an office and they got feedback right away from their associates how helpful this was. And then they, they, then they deployed it uh, firm-wide, uh, which was not just the U.S., but it was also globally. Um, and then, yeah, they, the feedback they continued to get across the firm was that this has really helped me, uh, you know, get my confidence. Ask the, you know, this has really helped me spend less time. This has really helped me, you know, sort of now jump in the game we create these sessions where they can they can ask instructors anything they want right now this is another dynamic that if, if that internal if, if that training was internally with someone who was your supervisor right that then sometimes people are shy to raise their hand and ask questions they're going to get judged so we create this space in our program in the live sessions where you can ask you know uh, highly vetted practitioners 
any question you want about these things. So we're creating this space for their associates to really kind of you know, own their career trajectory, have confidence to do more work and better work. And so now the firm has come back and said, this is great. What else can you do for us? Uh, and this is how we're developing new courses because they said, we want courses in, in lending transactions. We want courses in real estate transactions. And so we're getting the wish list and, and we're going back to all of our clients and asking for their wish list to create these new courses. So um, I see that as a, as a big success. Um, I also, I've also seen uh, where associates at one firm have told associates at another firm about what they have, what they got at their firm. And that other firm said, I'm interested in learning about Alta Clara. I thought that was, that was really cool. Um, and we now have that other firm as a client. Um, and then, and then inside firms too, uh, where one practice group is, cause right now we're, you know, we have courses in these practice areas and uh, the other practice group says, Oh, I want what they have. And that's, what's causing this sort of, Oh, can you create more courses in these other practice areas? Um, so yeah, so it's really good to see that. Um, very humbled and very grateful. So it means you're onto something. Yes. Uh, <laughs> word of mouth is the best way, right? And so, so I, I guess I have a, a few questions that came up from that, but I would imagine one potential um, stumbling block or hurdle is is some firm might say, well, how do we know you're going to be around tomorrow if we're going to implement your uh, your product into our infrastructure, if you will? So um, I don't know, maybe, maybe that maybe that hasn't come up in conversations, but but if it has, maybe you can speak to that and and uh, and what the response to that is. Yeah, I mean, we've we've enjoyed five hundred percent growth from from twenty twenty in twenty and, and going into twenty twenty one, and now in twenty twenty two, you know, our 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 growth plans are are still, um, you know, they're there. We're going to continue to grow, and we've just recently um, did a major financing round with uh, two leading VCs, uh, one in the ed tech sector, uh, Learn Start, uh, which is family of Learn Capital. They are the backers behind Coursera. Uh, one of the leading ed tech companies, um, as well as uh, uh, Bryce Catalyst, which is a leading legal tech uh, VC. So we, we now are backed by institutional investors that not only believe in, in what we've done, but they believe in the trajectory of our growth. Um, our, I'm also been grateful that throughout this journey, our, we've, could, we've brought on to our team and our advisors, um, you know, really established people from both the legal and education space. So. Um, my COO, Rick Rattray, um, he's a former executive of Kaplan, uh, as well as uh, he also was an executive at Barbary. And he really comes from the education side and scaling companies uh, to a global level. And uh, really grateful to have him on the team, uh, but also on our advisory. Uh, former president of Bloomberg Law, Scott Mazarski is on our advisory team. Um, yeah, also uh, LexisNexis executive, Alex Withers. Um, also have folks on the education side, uh, Ahmed Haig, one of the co-founders of Trilogy, which was the largest ed tech uh, acquisition by 2U. Um, so we're, you know, we're poised to, to take this for the long run and continue to grow um, in the legal sector. We want to be there, uh, uh, you know, in all years of a, of a lawyer's career trajectories. As you start to become senior lawyer, the skills you need to learn there, and as you become a partner, the skills we want to be there to help with that journey. And for the uh, the segment of the uh, of the legal community who who you're who you're meeting now or have been meeting in the last six to twelve months, um, I'd love to hear what uh, their biggest 
objections has have been um, and what the uh, what your responses to them are um, because there may be people who are listening who, who have some of those objections and I want to give uh, I want to give you the opportunity to be able to respond to them um, so that uh, that it's um, that it's just not you know a dead end before it's it's an opportunity yeah so it, you know the the natural initial objections um, combo. We, you know, we could do this internally, right? And that's when you do that cost-benefit analysis, and and you realize, well, you know, the most, you know, lawyers are busy. Senior lawyers are busy trying to get them to create a program with this this level of deafness um, is challenging for them with their billable hour, you know, uh, requirements and so forth. And then, as I mentioned, yeah, that for them to to once they realize this is the the bread and butter of things, the fundamentals of things. And that we're teaching them with our vetted practitioners that are they're all they've all practiced for 10 years or more in amla 100 firm uh they've all been vetted for their teaching ability we, we put instructors through a mock teaching session we evaluate their ability to explain things to to have empathy skills to have engagement skills so we really make a safe place for folks to learn um so they start to see the, the level of engagement um, and the number of firms that have signed up for this and and the feedback from them um, their objections go away because they realize, yeah, this this is something that if I were to create it, I would do it this way. And these guys are doing it. They're doing it successfully. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, firms are spending on average, this is actually data. Um, I don't know if you're familiar, $400,000 for every associate. This is for, in the firms in the AMLA up to 400. Uh, but they're spending about $400,000 over a period of four years in recruiting, training uh, associates. Um, and then they're seeing their associates walk out the door, right? So they know they got, and the firms are telling us it's a strategic imperative uh, for training and development. So they know they got to do this. And they see us doing it with, with doing it well and doing it with others. Um, the other part is in our live sessions, Greg, we invite leaders from the firms to sit in on the sessions to add to the conversation. So, you know, every class has a three-prong approach. You watch an hour, hour's worth of self, uh, self-paced on-demand videos. That's where you're learning the principles and concepts of things. The second part, you're doing an assignment based on the real world. It's self-paced. You, get, you know, here's your client. They're about to engage in this tra- transaction. You got to dive in and mark up documents and review documents and submit in the portal. But that third part of the class is when you enter a live session, you get feedback from our vetted practitioners on the, on the simulated work product. We invite senior leaders from the firm to sit in on the sessions to add add to the conversation. You know, once you once you learn what a rep is and what a warranty is, now let's talk about what what the firm sees, right? So we we invite the firms to get involved, and that also eliminates the objection because when they sit in, they're like, "Oh wow, that's great! That was a great session. I learned some some senior lawyers say I learned a lot in that session myself, um, but I was able to add color. I was able to say, you know." You know, at our firm, we see these types of clients. And so this particular thing, we may we may come at it this way. So that creates, you know, now we're saving them time. We're also ensuring it, you know, they, they get a chance to participate in it. So that's another another thing that, that kind of eliminates any objection. Yeah. That's, that's very helpful. I appreciate that insight. Yeah. Um, well, I'm watching the clock. I want to be um, respectful of your time. I want to say thank you so much to you for uh, for taking the time to uh, to spend some time with us today, um, Abdi. How do uh, how do people get in touch with you if they want to reach out? Yeah, Abdi at Altaclaro. Um, 
And you can also go on the website, altaclaro.com, uh, where you can see, you know, our course list and uh, how our programs work. Um, and then happy to connect. You can book a book a call uh, with with will come to me. <laughs> um, and uh, and and that, I look forward to the opportunity just to have an exploratory conversation and, and share. And with how you. did how did you choose the name Alta Claro? Yeah, I was uh, I was in uh, Spain at the time, and uh, Claro means clear, and everybody. When you're talking to them, they say, Claro, Claro, clear, right? I understand. And so Alta means high. And I thought, yeah, you know, this is about getting highly clear on what you know and what you need to know. And that's where this idea came. You know, it was like, yeah, that's what Alta Claro does. It helps you become clear on what you need to know and what you know. <laughs> what, a, what a great way to end the show. Um, thanks again, Abdi, for, for joining us today. This has been Greg Cohen with Cressa, and this is Conversations with Cohen. Uh, don't forget to, uh, to leave a comment to share with us what topics you'd like me to cover next. Uh, connect with us on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks again. Thank you, Greg.